It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It is an Articles of News episode. It's episode number 442. Uh, we welcome back uh, for her second, her, let me think what that's called. It's not penultimate, her, her, her second, uh, there's a second fancier word. Yeah, second, second. Yeah. Uh, appearance here doing Articles of News. It's McKenna Jensen, and then you already heard him. It's Brother Kyle. Oh. You. Oh, yeah. And I don't even know where McKenna is at. Uh, she's I don't at, recall. I looks based on her camera, which, by the way, you can see the video if you become a Patreon subscriber of the Cultural Hall. Uh, Going to patreon.com forward slash the Cultural Hall. It looks like a bedroom, maybe. Maybe. I'm actually hiding in the closet. Oh, yeah. Better audio there, it sounds like. Uh, a lot better audio there. Yeah. So. That is a fancy window there in your closet, though. We won't no, speak too much kidding. about the physical uh, things because... You know, Nice window, you know. Yeah, backlit, yeah. backlit. So good, yeah, good audio, good secrets in the closet. Mm. Well, uh, on this episode of Secrets from the Closet with McKenna Jensen, <laughs> we talk about. I wish you would come out. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's McKenna, whole... would would you please come out? I have to. I just have to like announce something. This yes. is really important to me. Tell me. I am just so. I just can't hold it in that I'm so attracted. To men that I just like can't even I just can't hold it in. Anymore. You know I wish that we would. You I mean we're sort of making jokes right, but I sort of wish that like because we make such a big deal uh, out of homosexuality, especially within the church. Like I wish that we would make this big deal about heterosexuality as well. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Great. Like yeah. I I sat my mom and dad down. I didn't know how they were going to take it. Didn't um, understand, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, I was worried. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that would change the conversation. Maybe people are listening to that and they're saying, oh, that's ridiculous. That is unnecessary. Why are we even talking about that? But but I would, I guess, maybe as a, as a future parent of a child, I'm not making any sort of announcement as far as that goes. Uh, but, you know, my kid just sits me down and is like, I just want you to know I'm heterosexual. <sighs> What did we do wrong? Yeah. And your well, wife yeah. would start to cry <laughs> and you would hug him. What did we do? What did we do wrong? Yeah. What was uh, honestly, I mean. What can... next? Are you Republican? <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. Kyle, well, what's what's new for you, sir? Boy, here we're just, uh, I, I'm into my, you know, my thing that I do with the, with the high school kids in the mountain biking. Uh-huh. We're rich into that season right now because we get to, even with the COVID, we get a race with some restrictions. Yeah, which is pretty awesome that you guys can still do that. Yeah. Uh, and that I, I'm mixing up with uh, hauling limbs and chainsawing. I was going to ask is... you, for people who don't know, in uh, Utah over the last few days, uh, massive windstorms, lots of destruction. Honestly, looks like a complete hurricane hit uh, the state of Utah. How are you doing? Because you're up in the hardest hit county. I was. Uh, we always get in Farmington. I live at the bottom of a canyon. And so we, we a couple times a year, we get these really strong east winds and, and garbage cans blow away and, and trampolines go flying. But this one was uh, this one was a doozy. It was a lot bigger than we usually get. Obviously, it went through the, a lot of the rest of the state as well. So we had, uh, we had a lot of carnage here yesterday my house is surrounded by you know p police and fire trucks and usually that b 
was uh, unfavorably for me personally. <laughs> Something's going on. Yeah, yeah. But this is just that uh, all our streets were closed because you couldn't drive a car on them because the trees were across them. And uh, my neighbor's uh, garage blew over the house to the other side of the house. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, and stuff like, you know, it's all over. It's not just here, but, you know, and cars smashed and houses smashed with trees. And But you um, guys are safe, everyone, you and yours? Yeah, uh, my my home is fine. I, d- I just got littered with all these pesky limbs, and I'm hoping one of these elderly la- neighbors hurries and comes and cleans my yard up uh, <laughs> before they do the street pickup because I'm busy and they're yeah. all retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, They've got time. Yeah, and they have. J- if, if you could hear it right now outside, and I don't, at, at some point you probably will, it's a chorus of chainsaws. Yeah. Around. They are so excited because when you get a chainsaw, you don't use it that often. You might use it to get a branch off a limb. You know, there's a good five minutes of use for that, you know, $800 that you spent. <laughs> but no, now they are out there going bananas <laughs> up and down the street. They get to use that thing finally chopping down some serious stuff with their chainsaw. So, so it, and I'm looking at the silver lining. These guys are having a ball out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a neighbor who actually epitomizes what you just said. As soon as the limb fell down, there was a, a massive tree, two houses down from my house, that fell on our neighbor's car, smashed it in half, tacoed, tacoed oh. that car. Oh uh, I'll, I'll have to get a picture. In fact, maybe that will be the uh, the picture for this episode at theculturalhall.com. Uh, but, like, tree falls. I swear it's probably middle of the night, and you hear this, and the guy's out. He's like, I can't wait to do this. <laughs> out there sharpening it so it just goes through like butter. <laughs> but, All these yeah. like uber masculine men like yeah. wearing plaid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> bet. Shirts, you know? Like, I'm just ready to just cut down yeah. some stuff right here. <laughs> uh, McKenna, how, now what part of uh, the state of Utah are you in? Are, are you safe? I am safe. We got some wind though. I'm I'm like in the Highland Alpine, you know, around there. Mm-hmm. So in the Utah, right in the Utah Valley County area. Yeah. So I work in Salt Lake County and then I, uh, or I'm sorry, work in Utah County and drive into to Salt Lake County and driving from Utah County back to Salt Lake in the height of the storm. I was like, oh, what in, oh, oh my. And it got scary to the point where just being on the road and watching trees sort of bend a little bit, I was like, I need to get this car parked, not in the fall of a, of a tree and just, and get to where I need to be. So I'm glad to yeah, hear. Scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What, uh, tell everybody about your new job you got, McKenna. I'm excited about this. Wow. Wow. Let me tell you about my new job. <laughs> I'm now working, well, start tomorrow, uh-huh. working at a place called Squeeze Media, which is be- based out of um, American Fork, I think. Okay. Um, but the office is in Oregon somewhere. Yeah. Anyhow. But but it's sort of out of home, but it's also out of office. But who, yeah, who so really like, knows you know, anymore? All that COVID stuff. So it's yeah. like you're like home and then you're in the office, then home or whatever. And yeah, so it's kind of sales-ish, but uh-huh. it's not quite sales and for people who yeah. don't know, McKenna just got home from her mission just a couple months ago, sort of in this COVID time. Oh, uh, yeah. Is is Squeeze Media the end of the road, or what are you hoping to do? Uh, Squeeze Media is great. I mean, it's it's a great start for just, you know, having a job, having money, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I, I would love, though, I mean, my all-time thing is, of course, I love the theater, and I love acting. So anything to sustain me in that 
is great. Yeah. You're, you'll need you'll need that work until you know 2025 when theaters reopen, if in exactly. fact they reopen. Jeez, jeez. Exactly. Uh, and then to catch everybody up, just real quick for things for me, I uh, I was able to to test positive for COVID. That's an experience. Um, I, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, I it, it's the most interesting test. They give you a stick and then you go into the bathroom. Uh, you have to start the stream and then halfway through you, uh, put the stick in the stream. And then if there's two lines, you have a baby COVID. I didn't know that. I thought it was a swab. Ah. Yeah. Now I was able to purchase this test, uh, in a back alley. So I'm not positive, uh, that it is a true COVID test, but yes, in fact, I did get COVID-19, the coronavirus. It's miserable. It is, it is not a fun experience. If you're thinking about getting it, think again. <laughs> maybe maybe put that off. Um, it started, I actually got tested because I, I DJed a wedding um, where other people had been uh, tested positive. I wasn't around those people, didn't think that it would be any sort of issue, and then found out uh, about 90 minutes before I was supposed to go and DJ a wedding that I had tested positive. And quickly discovered, you know what, probably shouldn't go do this event. That would be irresponsible. Had to call in a friend, and by the next morning, I couldn't move. It was miserable. A miserable uh, experience. Body aches, fevers, uh, burning lungs, which uh, sounds exactly like what it is. Like just fire, like my skin felt. Like if you've ever been really sunburned, uh, and then... Like that top layer of skin peels off and then that next layer of skin is super sensitive to the touch or like wind or sunlight or anything. Uh, My whole body felt like that and uh, wanted to die for a hot minute and felt like I was going to die for an even hotter minute. But I'll tell you what, maybe the hardest thing about the virus, you feel crappy, you feel terrible, then you worry about everyone that you might have been in touch with and infected and all that. So all those things. But then also, because you go to bed and then you wake up and you feel worse, it's sort of a, a mental game in that you go, okay, okay, now I have to go to bed because you're tired, you're exhausted, it's the end of the day, etc. But you have this extreme paranoia that you are going to go to sleep and then wake up and be worse than you are when you go to sleep. So you almost don't want to go to sleep because you're like, well, if I don't sleep... I falsely wouldn't uh, feel worse when I wake up, but it's it's miserable. I went to That's work. Worst. Yeah, <laughs> I went to work yesterday. Uh, went to work today. Back at it and all the things, but uh, but pretty bad. Kyle, you lucked out not getting it. And and that and this is not not don't take this the wrong way. Taking this away from anybody that has died or suffered like you did. I had two other friends that got at the same time as you, mm-hmm. and and again they I don't know why. They, they aren't, I mean, they're, they're healthy like you. They're just fine, you mm-hmm. know, just mm-hmm. very normal people. No symptoms, hardly at all. Yeah, yeah. And I, it's so bizarre who it will hit and who it won't hit. Mm-hmm. And how many people get it and don't even have any <laughs> symptoms at all? You talk about a much lighter symptom. Um, right. But, but it is like there is that point when you're in the height of feeling the worst that you're like, is this, is this the day before the ventilator? So it is a, it, honestly, it, it is a mind thing that I can't describe. It's like, am I, am I going to the hospital tomorrow? Is this what this feels like before that? Um, luckily, 
I don't have any sort of guilt because my wife, although she experienced all of the symptoms, never tested positive. So I don't know what she had. Uh, it was just all the exact same t- symptoms as what I had, but her test came back negative. So I, I don't know what her deal was. Couldn't have been. Wow. It couldn't have been a false negative. <laughs> might might have been a false negative. So. Uh, I want to share this with you guys, then let's take a break and we'll come back and do actual articles of news. Uh, a, a person by the name of Zion Curtin, and they spelled it the way that I prefer Zion to be spelled, which is X-Y-O-N, uh, <laughs> left a review on uh, Apple Podcasts for the Cultural Hall. Said, I am a recent convert to the Cultural Hall. Since the beginning of the pandemic, I have binged several episodes a week. I'm constantly amazed by the high quality list of people that have been interviewed on this podcast that goes back all the way to 2011. Uh, Richie has a talent to make people feel comfortable and open up. He's not afraid to dig deep into church history, be an LGBT ally, and be a defender of the faith. I am nourished and strengthened after every episode. And I thought that was a great uh, uh, thing. Five stars uh, and... You can do like a little caption as to what you call the episode. Like the previous uh, review said, great podcast. Uh, This one from Zion Curtin said, nourish and strengthen, five stars. So appreciative to that. If you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get this episode, take a second and leave us a review so that not only can I share uh, your message, but also uh, that we can see it and it can be seen by other folks. Let's take a break and do actual articles of news. Hey, this is Dan the Laptop Man from PC Laptops. It's our ultra-mega back-to-school blowout sale. We have hundreds of thousands of dollars of ultra-high-quality laptops and desktops on sale for up to 50% off the original prices. We've got demos, scratch and dents, trade-ins, and funny-colored computers. It's crazy! Remember, you get a lifetime service guarantee on any PC Laptops brand computer. That means if you mess up your Windows or you get a virus or spyware, it's covered forever. Got an old yucky computer? No problem. We'll take it in on trade and we'll transfer all your pictures, music, and all your stuff to your PC Laptops computer for free. When you get your computer from PC Laptops, we'll make sure you're taken care of for a lifetime. To make it impossible to resist, we're doing 12 months special financing on any PC Laptops desktop or laptop computer. Have I lost my mind? Get into any one of our locations right now or check us out at PCLaptops.com. PC laptops where computers start at $7.99. PC laptops, we love you. Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Time for the second half of Articles of News, wherein we will do and discuss and talk about all sorts of articles of news. Hit it, Peter. You can't lose Articles of News. And away we go. I want to start here because uh, this last week we were able to celebrate the birthday of our prophet. And uh, I always like when people do things like what I'm about to do when we talk about older folks. So did you know <laughs> that 
A loaf of bread, when President Nelson was born, sold for only nine cents? I believe it. Did you I, know? Because I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah your contemporary, uh, President Nelson, right, Brother Kyle? Uh-huh. Uh, a gallon of milk only cost 54 cents. A gallon of gas. Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this because I'm this guy. A gallon of gas cost a mere 11 cents back milk in 1924. Yeah, right? Comparatively to those two. <laughs> you could buy a house for $7,720. That's brand new. And you could buy a new car for $265. Happy birthday, President Russell M. Nelson. Happy birthday. <laughs> Here's to the first 96 and to 96 more. Which one of you guys wants to take the next story? Go ahead, McKenna. All right. I will gladly take it. So as I was uh, perusing the stories, there was one that really was interesting. Um, caught my eye. BYU actually recently did a study this big study on disney princesses yeah yeah right now, i mean we've got snow white cinderella all of that now before I hope we janae further, listening yeah <laughs> janae Knight is a is one of our panelists mckenna who she will on uh weeknights and weekends uh dress up as a disney princess and do princess parties on occasion love it <laughs> That's awesome. people pay her to dress like a princess <laughs> Man, that know, sounds have... weird saying it out loud. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I have a cousin that does the same thing. So, so it is. It's a big, big business. So who is, uh, before you get into what the study found, who is your Disney princess of choice or did you have one? Oh my gosh. I like, I love so many that it's difficult for me to choose. Like for, this is sentimental, but I just grew up with like loving Ariel. Mm. And mm. so- Probably my all-time favorite is Ariel from Little Mermaid. Brother Kyle, what about you? I don't have a favorite Disney princess. Okay. What are you trying to say? No, that's fine if you don't want to be honest here. I feel like you're in the safe (laughs) confines of the cultural hall, but if you don't don't want to share, that's fine. It's Snow White. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it. The OG version or like the Once Upon a Time version? The Once Upon a Time version. (laughs) Yeah, the Jennifer Goodwood version. Yeah, you know, I, as I think about it, though, uh, I think I'm an Esmeralda guy. There's something about the purple eyes of Esmeralda that, as a as a young high school, I think guy that just sort of fell in love with Esmeralda and her and her purple eyes <laughs> and her sexy dancing. Yes, her I mean, favorite. I I have a thing for gypsies. <laughs> what did the study find? So the study found, so like princesses have always kind of been, uh, you know, maybe criticized a little bit because people are like, oh, well, body image issues and things like that. Maybe it's damaging to young girls. But what's interesting is like the study found that using behavioral research is actually not really that damaging to young girls, as as a lot of people might assume. Um, And they, let's see, they like, they interviewed 31 girls between the ages of eight and 12. And they kind of like asked them a series of questions and they divided into four categories, like why, or like a a category of like what they view their, how they connect to those princesses. Uh Um, And it went like, uh, there was a category of girls that connected to princesses through their virtue. 
which is like their strength to persevere through hard things mm. and do stuff like that, right? Kind of like the Cinderella kind of. And I think of Brave when I think of that. I can't think of that princess princess's name, but the red-haired uh, archer. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And then there was a, there was Royalists was the second category, which is where the girls connected to the princess through that crown, you know, the dress and the two, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm really drawn to that royal stuff and then there was dreamers um which is where girls connected to um like how the princess wants to change her reality right and how mm-hmm. she wants to like rise up her circumstances and four which is my favorite category uh it's the girls category <laughs> where the like the girls connected to the princess's uh confidence strength and um kind of their you know gumption and gung-ho yeah on kind of stuff you know so you said at the very beginning that it would they found it to be not that damaging was there some negative effects of it or is this all essentially pretty positive it looks like it's all essentially pretty positive. Hmm. Um, overall, it looks like girls just really love to connect with other girls who are strong and smart and, you know, have dreams. I, you know, so it's it's really quite, it's pretty positive. Well, if there's one thing that I've learned, it's who runs this world, it's girls. They're going to burn this mother down. <laughs> Queen B said it, yeah. you know. Yeah, listen, listen. <laughs> what do you got, Brother Kyle? Uh, so Brigham Young University, Heard of uh, it. an LDS owned university, by the way, <laughs> I think they played one of the first football games. Uh, it's a collegiate football game. They played with no fans. Yep. This isn't the story, but I saw them play it, uh, against, uh, the Naval Academy mm-hmm. at the Naval Academy, which, so apparent, evidently on a ship. which apparently, uh, yeah, the game didn't take place on a ship. First of all, second of all, not a single belly button to be seen. I know for an entire Naval Academy, you would think, but apparently I thought that would be on their helmet, <laughs> but, but it was not. Can you imagine? It's the stupid. Okay. And it would be around the ear hole and there would be lint in the ear hole. They would sometimes dig out. That would be the Naval Academy helmet. When the grass from the helmet gets stuck in the ear hole. <laughs> Very attractive. So uh, so gross. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they played this football game with no, no fans I happen to see. But anyway, that that school and and maybe this is why the outcome of that game, the, the game, by the way, they won. Uh, I think it was uh, 86 to, to one. It was 2017 to uh, three, I think. The th- okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they 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 won by a landslide. And, and here's why, I think. So Brigham Young University, they got an A in conservatism, <laughs> according to recent rankings from the data website Stacker. I know, you're surprised. What? <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yep. So on the other end of the spectrum, Liber- uh, Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia, uh-huh. uh, tops the tally uh, of the nation's 50 most, most conservative colleges. So uh, BYU-Idaho and Rexburg comes in second. Uh, and then BYU in Provo, number three. Oh, really? Well, I guess it makes yeah. sense. I guess that makes sense. Uh, surprising on that list, though, to me was uh, Utah State. Oh. Because Utah, oh, yeah. Utah State, I think, is eighth, which uh, people listening to this were thinking, okay, well, great. Thanks, guys. We're talking a lot about Utah in this episode. But Utah State is a state-run university, 
that doesn't have anything necessarily, except that a lot of its members are, or, or attendees are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but not church-affiliated at all, and it's number eight. Yeah, I was I was surprised, actually, they, that Utah State was that high. Uh, yeah. I, I also, have you guys followed any of the stuff at Liberty, at Liberty University? No, I haven't. So I, I want to make sure that it's Liberty, but I think it's, uh, I think Liberty is the Falwells, um, and... You know they're super oh. they're super conservative, but I guess um, I, I hope it, it's it's the right school. Now I wish I would have pulled this up beforehand, but um, yes. Uh, so Jerry Falwell Jr. Uh, <laughs> this is so great. They uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. His wife. This is not the great part, and what I was remarking about. Um, but uh, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife had an affair with a pool guy. And yeah. uh, like like the age old, if you're going to be infidelitous, you do that. Right. But still, it's the most conservative school in the entire United States. Well, uh, in in the sweet way that um, <laughs> that people do as classes resumed on Liberty's campus, the social media folks uh, at Liberty uh, University were like, hey, what class are you looking forward to being taught at uh, Liberty this fall, right? That seems like a, a pretty standard, pretty generic post that you would have if you were the social media for a particular university. And the students just went wild with it. They're like, uh, pool boy 101, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, ethics and leadership, like all these just like in the face of, of uh, the Falwell um, family. And and I think actually they're gonna they're selling it or they're finding their way out of it and they're finding that there's a a ton of um, like mismanagement of uh, Liberty funds like different um, spouses of some of the the kids of Falwell uh, are connected to the university and were on the payroll and all that stuff so it appears to be a pretty big scandal but what I can't believe the Falwells would do that yeah yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't think that necessarily. Yep. Yep. Uh, I mean, the boy, really? Uh, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, right, can we, like, maybe the butler? Exactly. Maybe the butler. I mean, it's just like so Chandler Bing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Trent, you know? Yeah. It's always the pool guy. Always the pool guy. Uh, speaking of colleges, it is official now, and they're in session. Uh, LDS Business College has officially been renamed Ensign College, and they have on the side of that building down in the Triad Center in downtown Salt Lake, changed the name to Ensign College. And I liked the people who tried to be topical and share this online. How long until Ensign College will become Leahona College? Because we <laughs> abandoned the Ensign magazine and only have the Leahona. Right. Uh, my, yeah. my suspicion, uh, part of the reason why we got rid of Ensign is because you'll see Ensign College uh, start to become a bigger thing and... I'm pointing to the outfield and predicting the future. I'm betting you're going to see Ensign Colleges in different major cities across the United States. Mm. Okay. So you can remember where you were when I made that prediction. <laughs> and will they rename them all to Leahona Colleges? No, no, they'll all be Ensign Colleges, oh, oh, Kyle. Okay. All right. Sorry. And for all of you that want to fight about whether or not it's Ensign or Ensign, I just want to say you're right. You're both right. You're both pretty. It's either Ensign or Ensign. 
Thank you for that. Many, many marriages have ended because of that. Uh, what else do you have, McKenna? I have um, a list. Well, I don't have the whole list, but uh, 10 temples on September 14th are going to start phase two. All right. Uh, of reopening. Thank goodness. And of course, phase two, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, phase two is living ordinances mm-hmm. for right for yourself. Yep. So yeah, going through the temple for your own endowment or whatever. Yeah. If you've, uh, nev- if you've never been through before, you can do that then. Uh, you can get married. Uh, I, I, uh, you can take out your own endowment, but no, like, uh, no initiatories for the dead, no, uh, ceilings for the dead. It's living people only. Right. And, uh, so those, those will be opening September 14th and a few temples off that list are Albuquerque, New Mexico, woohoo, Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, Madrid, Spain, Kinshasa, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and Durban, South Africa. And there are others, but those are those are a few. Of note. You know, um, it's interesting. Still no temples moved into phase three, and that's where you start to get a little bit bigger crowd, or uh, you start to do the um the uh the work for the dead within the temples. But it's been, you know, now six months plus since we've done any of the work of the dead. And people keep dying. We're getting backlogged. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I know if, it's terrible. If we thought we were backlogged before, I had just recently uh, a friend. This is unique. Uh, a friend that is going to get married, and she went through the temple for the first time uh, just this past week, and she said, although she doesn't have anything to compare it to because she'd never been uh, through the temple to get her endowments before, it was only her, her parents, uh, her spouse to be. They're getting married in a couple weeks. And her spouse to be's uh, parents, and that was it. That was the entirety of the session when wow. she when she got hers, and she said, "You know what? Uh, you know, you can tell that there would be room and space for more people, obviously." But she's like, "It it is a unique time, and pretty special to her, especially uh, to be able to enjoy getting her endowment in such a private, personal way, because you have the the temple matron and the temple president there in your session." you know, answering any questions, talking to you because, you know, they're not running a bunch of stuff through the temple. It is just those live, those live endowments. Wow. So a unique yeah. time for sure. Uh, people for sure. can, people can find a complete list. You mentioned that there, that wasn't all of them uh, with the yeah, show notes, with the mm-hmm. show notes <laughs> at the cultural I'll give you a complete list and you can see the ones that are just in phase one. Uh, but again, none into phase three yet. A couple quick stories. Uh, the church announces the youth theme for 2021, Ooh. and it is a great work, or a great work, or a great work. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, a notice from the young men and young women general presidencies have said, uh, Wherefore, be not weary in well-doing, for you are laying the foundation of a great work. This is the scripture that uh, backs up the theme for the year. And out of small things proceedeth that which is great. Behold, the Lord requireth the heart and a willing mind. That's Doctrine and Covenants 64, 33 and 34. So the theme for 21, a great work. Or is it a great work? Or a great work. Or it's like a great work, work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, also this, 
Uh, Roots Tech, if you guys have ever been to the genealogy conference, Roots Tech, I've always wanted to go. It takes place in downtown Salt Lake. People come from the world over uh, to be here. In 2021, the churches doubled down that the world will still be closed down, and they have announced that uh, the Roots Tech 2021 will be online only. Um, the fear is that because of the pandemic that we wouldn't be able to congregate. So they said, you know what, we're calling it now. February 25th through the 27th, Roots Tech Connect 2021, all online. So you can check that out. You can still get into, there's keynote speakers in a way that you can pay for some of the higher privileges. But for the most part, you'll be able to access that wherever you are in the world. I hear that chainsaw, Kyle. Can you hear it? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're all around me. Both they're, sides they're, of me. They're not coming after you, are they? I hope, well, maybe I should check. Yeah. There are people outside with pitchforks. That's mm. weird. There is a torch. That's torches. odd. Huh. huh. What does that mean? What, uh, <laughs> what story do you have, Brother Kyle? Uh, so they they are reporting numbers uh, from the missionaries, uh, which are, are changing. So they, of course, were affected by the pandemic. Uh, the program was buffeted. Uh, 68,000 before COVID-19 struck. 42,000 in April. Hmm. So a drop of uh, what, 26,000? Uh, this last month, uh, month of August, uh, back up to 52,000. So it is uh, on the uptick uh, again as it as we start to get this uh, somewhat controlled. Um, so that's, uh, and you're not helping uh, out with that number, McKenna, because you dropped it by one by coming home. Yeah. That could be 52,001. Yeah, come on, McKenna. Now, let me let me ask you, joking aside, McKenna, you can't, you you served regular amount of time, correct? Or did you come? Did. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Like, it's all of a sudden got tense and quiet there real quick. And I, I was like, I know, uh, I thought, did, did uh, she come home after a yeah, month? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And you, so what month did you come home in? May. All right. So you you actually got to experience a couple months then of pandemic time. What was that? What was that like before you came home? Oh my gosh, it was crazy. So like, I still remember our zone conference. It was in March, and our mission president stopped the conference and he stood up and he was like, uh, "Just to let you know, he was saying something. I think he said like NBA like canceled something. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. their final whatever." And we were like, "What? Nah, you know." And he was like, uh, more details later. And then after the zone conference, he stands up and says, the church just canceled church for like ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, what does this mean? And we had maybe like a few days of normal missionary-ness until they told us like, we're going into lockdown. And that was a crazy experience. Like it was my companion and I, and we were just like on the couch, like holding each other. Like we were like, when's this gonna end? <laughs> gonna happen to us man <laughs> so if that's the end of march and you didn't come home from till may like in the month of april you served in texas what kind of stuff were you doing how were you able to help people because i would imagine especially then it was severely locked down it was and it was really i won't lie it was really hard it was hard to like find or figure out how we could be effective because everything that we knew about missionary work had just been like thrown out the window mm-hmm And so I was like, man, I'm just a trainee again, like (laughs) towards the end of my mission, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was a lot of calling. It was a lot of uh, Zoom stuff, a lot of Facebook Messenger kind of videos, 
Um, there were still really cool moments that we had. Um, I, I mean, I won't lie. There were lots of really cool stuff. Like mm -hmm. uh, someone, um, we were able to call on the phone and talk, teach a few lessons to someone who was new. And then I left the area. So um, I wasn't able to see that to the end. But someone that we'd been teaching for a long time actually ended up getting baptized in the midst of that lockdown. Oh, wow. So what was that? I said, oh, wow, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, it was so, it was really cool, actually. Um, and he, yeah, he was, he was super cool. His name was Rocky. He was the best. But um, so cool stuff happened, but it was rough. Did the phone calls go like, uh, hi, we're from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Please press one if you're interested in eternal salvation. Press <laughs> two if you would like to see your family again after death. And you just would hope that they would click one of the numbers and you just so long as you heard a number go, you would continue teaching. Or how did those phone calls go? That system's brilliant. I wish we would have come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> it was mostly at the beginning, really. It was phone calls of like um, like less active members mm. in the area, um, people that we taught before, but they hadn't really been interested. Like we ended up calling them again, um, members talking to them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mm. you're kind of just scraping in the barrel for anything. <laughs> yeah, what a unique experience though. And like, yeah. and like you said, uh, you know, able to see some miracles come about and... Mm -hmm. And some of those things coming from it. Wow. That's cool. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Uh, I want to go real quick to this. I feel like we've mentioned it before, but uh, it hit the news again just this past week. Uh, the man from Smithfield, this is northern Utah, uh, is going to have to pay damages uh, when he tried to break into the Logan Temple. He's a 35-year-old man. His name is Peter A. Ambrose. Uh, he thanked the church for forgiving his mental illness, but he is going to, in fact, have to pay for at least part of the damages that he caused trying to break into the Logan Temple. Uh, on December 24th, Ambrose was arrested after police found him locked inside a room on the main floor of the temple. He had used a ladder to climb over the building's exterior fence, broke the glass doors with an axe, and gained entry inside the temple. Once inside, he damaged paintings, tore down curtains, used the axe to shatter a mirror. A fire extinguisher was also sprayed over furniture and floors. So as I understand it, they didn't press charges, but they are uh, asking that he pay $15,817 in damages. But as part of the agreement, uh, he'll only have to pay 3600 of it. So he'll, for three years, pay $100 a month, which... I mean, I'm glad the church forgave him. I hope that they are insistent on him getting the other kind of help that he needs because that doesn't sound like very much uh, as far as like the recompense, the uh, retribution that would be because of all that. So hopefully he uh, he will find and get the help that he needs. Wanted to share that. Also this, if you guys haven't seen it yet, you can find a link to uh, a video of the explosion in Beirut. This is a couple weeks ago. Did you guys both see this, the big explosion? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just just insane. Big mushroom cloud completely devastated it. Um, that is, you know, a little bit of old news. But the humanitarian arm of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that is Latter-day Saint Charities, donated nearly $2 million to provide desperately needed food and medical supplies to the people in Lebanon. Uh, they came right after in response of uh, the the blast that occurred on the 4th of August at the port of Beirut. But, you know, we're just starting to get word about some of the things that these 
donations from Latter-day Saint charities have done. Usually we're one of the first on the ground. Uh, currently, the Middle East Africa North Area Presidency has prioritized responding to both the medical needs for hospitals and food needs for victims in the area. So making a difference. But uh, I thought that that was worth mentioning there. Brother Kyle, what do you got? Uh so there is a, a the Canterbury Medal. Have you heard of this? Uh-huh. And they have a big gala around it. You have to say this uh, when you say Canterbury. The Canterbury Medal. Uh, I I forgot to say it with the with the arrogant accent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, do you know who it's uh, going to or was supposed to go to in 2020 was Orrin Hatch. Okay. So th- <laughs> so because of COVID-19, he couldn't get it. Okay. So they put it off until October, and now again they they're putting off the gala again until twenty twenty until May of twenty twenty one, which begs the question: Will he still be able to receive it, or will his children have to go and receive it for him? <laughs> Posthumously, is that what you're getting at, Kyle? Yes, because he's so. Old. <laughs> it's a joke because he's so old. <laughs> see, see, and the joke I feel like you should make is. He's upset because he's written a song about it that he has uh, different people perform. Did you know he's a songwriter, McKenna or in I did not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he is. I think that's a stretch to say that, but he <laughs> he writes words down on paper and has them to music. Yeah. <laughs> and the words rhyme occasionally. Yeah. 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 I'm trying to see. Uh, I mean, they say that they're going to give it to Orrin Hatch because he's a legendary lawmaker, a revered statesman, statesman and champion of a religious liberty. The date has been moved to May 27th of 2021. But I'm trying to see uh, who has won the Canterbury Medal in the past. Um And I'm looking at BeckettLaw.org. It's Religious Liberty for All, so that's the... The uh, the group that would celebrate the Canterbury uh, Award. The Canterbury. The Canterbury. Canterbury. I'm, you're right. I All did right. it. I set it up and I said it wrong. <laughs> I said it wrong. Um, well, cool. Yeah. Hopefully he will be. May? He can make it to May. Well, let's keep fasting and praying that he will live that long. <laughs> you are you are terrible, Brother Kyle. I'm sorry. Those emails are contact at theculturalhall.com. <laughs> There we go. I cannot find. I can't find it either. Who yeah. else has won this award? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's. The oh, there we go. Jerry Falwell. <laughs> Shut <Who> up. <laughs> I'm kidding. The pool guy. Weird. And that's <laughs> and that's just what it's called. Is the pool guy. Uh, I want to share this story. This I, and again, sorry. We try and make this very like universal English speaking for church members, um, but this is another Utah thing. And I'll just share this briefly. There's a lawsuit that challenges Governor Herbert. That's the governor of the state of Utah. COVID nineteen executive order. Essentially, his executive order is kids who go to school have to wear masks. And there's a group of people who have said we don't want to wear a mask, and that's again, you know, all the things, right? But in the lawsuit, uh, one of the things that they quote is the Constitution. And you're like, okay, include the Constitution as you're making a lawsuit against the state of Utah. That's fine. But there's another part of it where they quote the Book of Mormon as uh, part of their lawsuit. And I want to be very clear that I love the Book of Mormon, that I read the Book of Mormon, uh, that I have prayed about it, that I have studied it, all those things. So that what I'm about to say uh, I just want you to know that that's the foundation 
um, where I have the relationship with the Book of Mormon. But here's the deal. You don't include like quotes from the Book of Mormon in a lawsuit. You don't include like the Bible as part of a lawsuit, right? That's not that's not yeah. how that works. It would be like, well, in my journal, it says, well, in my, you know, it like, and it's not the same. My journal is not the Book of Mormon. That's not the the comparison that I'm making. But you like you that that's just not how lawsuits work. If I'm wrong, someone let me know. But like, I read that and go, oh, okay, oh, all right. What else are what else are we quoting? The Constitution again makes sense. When we start to quote books of scripture, because you can bet that if another group sued the state of Utah and said, hey, this is from, you know, some other religious text, there would be people that'd be like, "Okay, wait a minute. This religious text, why are we using this? Which doesn't make it okay that we disparage it, but you just don't use books of scripture as a foundation or a part of a foundation of a lawsuit. It's yeah. not appropriate, especially when it's like more of a secular issue. Yes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that maybe that's what I'm trying to say. It's just not appropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, one other thing that I want to share with you guys real quick. This from the Mail Tribune, where that is. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll find it as I get into this. But the Common Block Brewing Company, they hosted its third annual pint for a pint blood drive. And uh, and, you know. What they're talking about is you donate a pint of uh, blood and you get yourself a pint of beer. Um, and my favorite is, is this story goes to great lengths to talk about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints involvement in the pint for a pint uh, donation drive. And so my question is, is if you take uh, a member of the church to a pint for a pint blood drive, do you get their pint? Like, do you start to recruit a bunch of members of the church so you can have their drinks? Like, you go and donate, you know, imbibing on the beer, and then you bring someone who's a member of the church who won't drink, and then you can have their beer? Is that why we're being recruited? I think if not, you're giving somebody a great idea. It, yeah, it, it's true. Th this whole article, that, and you can find, again, at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode, like they make a great point to be like, and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints really stepped up in this. And I'm like, I don't feel like we're getting the pint. I don't feel <laughs> like, or is it a loophole that if you donate blood, like God looks the other way as you drink a pint? I don't know. Mm. So. In my lawsuit, I'll quote the scripture. Anyway, uh, what else you got? You want to go, McKenna? Sure. Um, uh, uh, the sadder story. But um, the temple president in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Um, yeah. His name was Gary Pettis. Uh, was fighting COVID-19 for like seven weeks. Mm -hmm. And wow. unfortunately passed away. Yeah. Um, I think it was... Was he 92? No, I don't. Oh, I don't think he was that old, was he? No way. Oh no, I didn't write down. But um, but he, yeah, he, he was 70. Him. Sorry about that. 70. Yep. Way younger. I don't know where 92 came from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he lived through 1992. That's where he got that. That's what it was. That's yep. what I was thinking. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, he left behind his wife Cheryl, uh, who I believe also, um, had uh, contracted COVID 19, but. He was on a ventilator and he ended up succumbing to the virus. They had six kids uh, uh, with his previous wife, Vicky, who died back in the late 90s. 
he was one of these guys that we hear about, right? He'd rather be anonymous. He just wanted to help build the kingdom, do whatever it takes. He was called to serve as the president of the Tupelo, Mississippi stake back in 2010 and then was called as a mission president and then went on to serve as the temple president of the Birmingham Temple and and then passed away. Ugh. Sad. Yeah. And the thing that I think is so sad about it is you got to know that because of the virus, because of the safety precautions, like he's he wasn't able to be with his family. And that's the like the tragic part of that passing. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. And it's a you know, it's it's a sad reminder, but it is a reminder that this is a real thing. And, you know, we do need to be cautious. And I don't know. Careful. Look out for other people. Not be selfish. All the things. Uh, Brother Kyle, what else do you have? That was everything for me. That was you, all of them. Do you have another one, McKenna? Um, I have one more, which is uh, the Winnipeg Temple um, in that's in Canada. Mm-hmm. Was It was supposed to open, do its open house and everything and be dedicated like the 22nd through the 31st of October. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's been canceled. Yeah. Which yeah. which will be interesting because there's a lot of temples. I'm thinking of Washington, D.C., Winnipeg, other temples who it's like, hey, we're ready to do this. So I wonder if they'll do a small dedication and then just open them up for business as we get to phase three and phase four of the temples. Or yeah. is it possible that as the pandemic clears, we get a vaccine and life returns to air quote normal? Will we have like a dozen, you know, temple grand opening is the word that's coming to my mind, but like open houses all, yeah. all going on at the same time. That'll be interesting to see how, how they manage that coming out of the other side of this pandemic. Totally. Uh, I want to share this. There was the groundbreaking ceremony for the Orem, Utah temple uh, just this last week. Uh, and uh, how it went is you weren't invited and they broke the ground. So there's that also. <laughs> The uh, groundbreaking of the Honduras uh, temple, the second one down in Honduras, uh, that happened as well. And you weren't invited and its uh, ground has been broken. So that's exciting. I love that in all of these pictures, they bring the fancy chairs out into the field uh, as they do the groundbreaking. And uh, now those temples are under construction. Interesting note, and I'll point it out only because I like to brag. Both of those temples announced after the fall 2018 general conference of the church and both do not have uh, Moroni's as part of their uh, depictions of what the temple is going to look like. No temple or no Moroni on top. Um, So goodbye Moroni and new temples. Um, This last Friday, uh, September 11th, marked the 160... third anniversary of the mountain meadows massacre uh they did a memorial there at the site if you're unfamiliar uh with the mountain meadows massacre perhaps i'll do a future episode about it because anything that i would say right now would feel like i'm not doing it proper treatment um but it's one of the most controversial events in u.s history uh several who were killed both um native americans as well as early members of the church There's some discrepancy as to why and how it occurred. Military folk as well uh, killed, but there was a lot of memorials to the Mountain Meadows Massacre. You can find a link to that at theculturalhall.com. So I've got one more, and this is maybe a little discussion piece, and then we wrap this thing out. 
Um, this from the Salt Lake Tribune. It's uh, the headline says descendants of slaveholder Smoot argue renaming BYU building uh, accomplishes nothing in addressing racism. And so uh, I wanted to have just kind of a, a brief discussion. I have made it known here in the cultural hall that my thought is that they will change the name of the Smoot building. A couple of weeks ago, we had Jake Rue on who said you could change the ASM or ASB uh, to the administration and services building and you could keep all the same initials and we could uh, remove it from the Abraham Smoot building, which is what it's named after now. Um so my question to you, McKenna, and I kind of queued this up before we started recording today, but you, as a black member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, what do you think about this situation or just racism maybe in general within the church? Oof. That and, and, is... and you've got 90 seconds. Yeah. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> One minute, go. Now, that's a topic. Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about for like five episodes after this. Yeah. <laughs> I think just talking about the um, the building itself, renaming the building, and that's you know a conversation going around the whole country right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I I personally, to me, Abraham Smoot wasn't the greatest. He was a great guy, but also not the greatest guy because he was human, right? Mm-hmm. And I totally understand. Like, yeah, we don't really want to have people's names on buildings that upheld such inhuman practices. Mm-hmm. So to me, you want to take his name off? I say, go for it. Mm -hmm. Take the name. I totally understand. On the same time, though, I'm like, well, you could keep the name on and make a point maybe with a plaque or something and say, this is his legacy. Also, there was this. Mm. And yeah, like put that out in the open so that we can see both sides of Abraham Smoot because he wasn't a perfect guy, obviously, if he own slaves <laughs> yeah. well uh, and just people in general and i think that's where people take such an issue with it is they're like at what point do we stop with these things because no one is perfect you know do we say okay anyone who owns slaves yes absolutely not we take down a name and and we don't celebrate any of those individuals by you know giving them a building at all but you know there there is that fear in in that fear of cancel culture that people um, share and express in social media where they're like, at what point does it stop? Or do we just recognize all parts of this individual instead of painting him in that light saying, oh, yeah, what a great guy and all of these things that he did. And and uh, I, I think different areas of this country will really decide quite differently on how they do, how they deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yeah, in my opinion, I say just take... <laughs> take the name off i mean (laughs) mean, this is a guy who owns slaves and stuff and i don't i don't think it'll you know i don't know if it'll change the world to do that i think it's a great step in the right direction of byu as an institution recognizing their implicit bias yeah yeah you know now i'm going to ask you a question that i already just fear the answer (laughs) have you experienced and i feel like i already know the answer but have you experienced within the walls of of the churches in which you've worshiped that being the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, have you experienced racist comments, racist reactions, racist interactions with members of our church? Oof. Um, so to be honest, I've been very fortunate to not experience anything too intense. Uh Um, but you had to qualify it as too intense. So that to me sounds like 
There have been at least some things. (laughs) Some things. Yeah, sure. Like um, I would, I would say microaggressions. Yeah. You know, like stuff, um, you know, people touching my hair because it's different or weird, which you could say, you know, well, they're just curious, but also you shouldn't really touch someone's hair because yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like, that's a little yeah. weird. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of weird. Can you imagine like a white girl, like touching like another girl's hair is like, yeah. wow, this hair. She's like grabbing the hair. But, <laughs> well, but you know? to be fair, people like to rub my head because it is bald. I shave my head and it's that smooth makes- and they go, Oh, it's smooth side of your head. I'll rub this. And they laugh, you know, Hey, this is for good luck or something like that. And so I, and, and you have cool hair, honestly, McKenna, I'd like to touch it. Cause I don't have hair. And I'm like, that's cool. So I wouldn't do that but, in person. But, but that would be weird. But you've had you've had those moments where people have been like, "Hey, right. can I can, can can I touch it?" Or they just will touch it without yeah, asking I just permission. Touch it or, for sure. And then, like you know, sometimes I mean, I remember um, being in like seminary classes. You know, you talk about the ban on the priesthood. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> the teacher would kind of look at me in a panic. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's like, and until 1978, and everyone in the room is like, all right, is, is, McKenna, is McKenna all right with this? How are we doing, McKenna? Are we getting this? Are we getting this right? You should have some fun with it next time and sit back and fold your arms and put a very stout look on your face. Bring a side. I'll bring a side. Well, I'm, I mean, I hear that and I, and I'm. I'm I'm glad to know that there haven't been overt instances of racism uh, with you for you within the the walls of the church. That makes my heart glad because I know I know that there are members of the church who have experienced outright racism within the walls and while they're worshiping. And and I I just and I will qualify. I mean, so I am lighter skinned, Mm -hmm. which make me maybe not as threatening quote threatening right Mm. because i am lighter skinned and i was also adopted by white parents Mm. which also in people's mind i don't know if this is subconscious but like maybe gave me a quote pass Hmm. because i was vouched for by white parents and white a white family so that also could um contribute to my lack of experience with racist issues yeah, a discussion that isn't even near uh, near ended and something that I would like to in the next coming months before the end of 2020. I actually want to gather a panel of uh, various uh, members of color and just have a discussion. And let's talk about because as, as before we started recording, uh, McKenna and I had just a brief conversation. And I was like, I when I talk about racial things, I just I feel like I get tongue tied and fumbly and all these things and. And I want to do nothing but pay, you know, the most respect to any of my brothers and sisters. But I, I, I feel like it, it's a great conversation that can be had in the future. And I hope that you'll be a part of that conversation, McKenna. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Uh, Kyle, what else you got? Anything else? Are we done with you? That was it. We're done with me. You got to go sell some stuff? I got to go chop down some trees. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could put on your flannel. Yeah, there's still some that are standing, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop those. Yeah, my chainsaw. People, no, no, not those. And you you can tell that uh, Kyle is OG lumberjack because he talks about dropping those trees <laughs> as opposed to chopping them down or cutting them down. Uh, oh, you guys, I hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. We hope if you are sick or afflicted, you can be well and listen next week. And that uh, if you weren't 
Oh, where, where is the other one, Kyle? Now I've forgotten. And then when the time comes, you can travel home in safety. There it is. Uh, in the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you. On the back row of the cultural <laughs> hall. Save me a seat. It's sure to be neat. On the back row, we really got to go on the cultural hall show.